This is the Hollywood Raw Podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glenn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw Podcast. It's Friday. It is time to do our Raw Rundown. I'm Dax Holt. That is Adam Glenn over there, who sounds a little bit look like Cookie Monster today. Dude, what, where, where's your voice, man? Dude, I, I just been working like crazy. I was out late last night. We'll get into why I was working out late last night. Um, just been running around, getting a lot of people. Things have been good, but that's why you might have to carry the heavy uh, lifting this week. <laughs> I've just been working like a maniac, dude. I mean, per usual, Adam, always leaving me to do all the heavy lifting. Good God. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> Dax, question for you. Have you ever been to the Hollywood Bowl? Uh, I've been to the Hollywood Bowl. No, you've never it, been for a concert? Is that no, I have, I have, I have, I have. I went for a um, We Can Survive concert with. Is it a um, cool place to see Odyssey. a concert? Yes, it's very cool because it's a a natural amphitheater, and so I got to see Coldplay in there, which was pretty cool because you know Coldplay puts on a, a really sure. good show and Black Eyed Peas, and it was like one of those multi-performance kind of uh, venues that I saw there. But that, I think that was the only time I've ever been to Hollywood Bowl, and it was it was it was fun. Awesome. Yeah, I got. I, I saw Guns N' Roses is playing there next week. I'm like, man, that'd be a cool place to see because it's not like overly huge. No, but it's a fucking shit show to get in and out. I'll tell you that much. I did, you know what's so funny? That's the only thing I noticed because I've driven by there and it does suck going in and out. There, there's the, the park. If you park inside, you're screwed because so what they do is they kind of pull everyone in and then they just park you. So you can't leave until the car in front of you leaves, which can't leave till the car in front of them leaves. So if yeah. if a concert gets out, you're just sitting there waiting for the people in front of you to to leave. So it, I would never suggest parking on site of the Hollywood Bowl. I would rather walk from like Hollywood and Highlands area. Um, I would walk a long way than park inside of there. Good to know. Um, this week we had an awesome episode of Heather McDonald's on this past week. I know a lot of people in our private Facebook group off the record were like, is it going to be John Mayer? Is it going to be – I'm like, guys. Tori. I mean, yeah. I, I, I really want to – We have not given up on Tori, ladies and gentlemen. We have not. Um, uh, we just – we've been requested Heather McDonald so much, I think, because so much of her audience has come over, to, found us through her. So they wanted to see her on our show. We had her on. She was awesome. That episode uh, blew up on on YouTube, blew up here. I mean, people just really love. I think I think what they liked about the episode was it wasn't like a normal Heather McDonald episode. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're her all the time, but she became the focal point of ours. And we got a bunch of information at her that maybe she hasn't talked about a lot. So I think people like genuinely really enjoyed the episode this week. Yeah, no, it was a uh, a good episode. Love talking to Heather. Um, it's just like a very fluid, fun, real Hollywood sort of conversation. Um, today's episode, we're going to get into the Raw Rundown on Fridays where we release our Raw Rundown, the top 10 stories of the week. Before we get to that, we read your reviews. The best thing to do to support this podcast. Dax, do you have a review ready for us? Yep, I got one. This one is from Breeb. It's a four-star review. Do I read a four-star review, Adam? No, I'll read it anyway. Okay. The most, <laughs> the most Valley Girl Hollywood gossip pod. I am a fan. I wait every Thursday for the update, and this is my most shared Valley Girl Hollywood gossip podcast, and I'm better for it. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it. I just wish Breeb would go back and uh, update to a five star. That would make me even happier. Yeah. 
Someone make up for it. Give us a five-star review. Again, <laughs> best thing to do sports this podcast. On to the top 10 stories. Chill down, bro. You know yelling from you today. We're gonna, I'm trying to find gonna... the tone that works best so my voice doesn't sound too terrible. Um, all right, let's start with the top 10 stories of the week. The raw rundown. Let's do number 10. Uh, Francis Bean Cobain marrying Riley Hawk. Obviously, those two last names are super familiar, probably because this is Kurt Cobain's daughter and Tony Hawk's son marrying. Uh, this is a pretty fun story. I didn't even know they were dating. Maybe I just was not paying attention. I don't know what the hell happened. But um, Francis Bean Cobain and Riley Hawk have apparently been dating for a while. They decided that they wanted to move to the next level, and they are now married. TMZ got uh, the marriage license. I guess it was like a month before they actually walked down the aisle in San Diego County and that um, um, Tony was obviously there. But the real cool part was that REM frontman Michael Stipe was the one who married them. I guess he is Francis's godfather. And so he got to do the honor of marrying these two. I'm like, how much like goat legendary family members are here? I mean, this is really cool to have like this royalty uh, you know, I mean, this is a different type of royalty, but royalty essentially marrying each other. Like these are two pretty famous families coming together. I think that's really cool. It's interesting when two famous families come together. But Dax, correct me if I'm wrong. Francis doesn't have a relationship. Like, what's her relationship with her mom? Uh, I I think it was strained. I think there was a lot. Um, if, and this is me if I'm remembering correctly, so I could be totally off, but I feel like there was a lot of drama like a couple years back. You know, you remember when she was getting her last divorce and like the uh, Kurt's guitars were at the center of that divorce. I, I, I don't think she has an amazing relationship with her mom. Um, maybe that has been better by now. I, I don't know, to be totally honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I think it's just interesting, like when Holly, again, like we just said, Hollywood families come together. Tony Hawk, the Hawk family, and Francis Forbean Coppola, whatever her name is. What, what's her name again? Bean Cobain. Bean Cobain. So similar. <laughs> so the same thing, whatever her name is. Um, cool for them. Tony Hawk. You love Tony, right? I love Tony. Uh, Tony was probably one of my favorite interviews I ever did. Um, not to mention the f- like I, I was not a skateboarder growing up. I never skateboarded, and I learned how to skateboard from the best, from Tony Hawk, at his house down uh, near San Diego, in his own skate park. I mean, on his skateboard. Like it literally doesn't get any better than that. That goes down as one of my favorite memories ever. Pretty cool. All right. Uh, congratulations to them. Um, came out. Of, you know, it's weird. We didn't really hear about this wedding till like after though. I think it was I think it was quiet, kept under wraps. I think then TMZ kind of uh unearthed it and found the marriage license and then it was like boom, here's all the details. Yeah. No, definitely um yeah, definitely interesting. Good for them. Um Michael Stipe as your, you know, it's cool to have as a godfather, Michael Stipe. REM. They're no they're no they're no longer together though. No uh, REM. Who? REM. Oh, REM. I was yeah. like, who are we talking about? <laughs> they're already yeah, they're they got married and they're already apart. Okay, gotcha. Already yeah. not together. Gotcha, gotcha. No, they haven't been together for years, but hey, cool for them. Number nine. Number nine. There's been so much drama with uh Teen Mom to Janelle Evans. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of over the weeks breaking information about her husband, David, 
having this issue with her son. Um, well, he has now been charged with child abuse. Um, Janelle did break her silence just hours after David Easton was charged with child abuse against her son, uh, Jace Evans. And I remember he had like three runaway attempts and basically said, I will not go back to that house. Well, she said, this was her quote she put out. She said, you would think the police wouldn't make a one-sided police investigation. They didn't conduct interviews, didn't ask for any information from the parents. She said, this seems like a very biased situation. Like every time before, I trust the detective with all my heart. Forgot you couldn't trust cops. Silly me. I don't trust anyone around me. Going MIA for a while. So this was... This story has taken over the headlines for quite some time, but clearly she does not feel like it is justified that he should not be charged. Um, I think she did put out another statement saying that he was like the sweetest guy. He put up with everything, Um, you know, so I I don't think she's on the same page as cops right now. And I, I, who do you believe? You've got a kid saying one thing. You've got the adult saying the other thing. I think cops clearly have done an investigation. I don't know if they talked to her or not or or didn't. She's making it sound like they did not believe anything she said, though. People love the, that these stories. People love covering them. Like the I don't know why. Who teen mom people. drama. People love teen mom drama. I never watched a show, but it's crazy that years later, we're still – people care about Janelle Evans. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a big story. It is but, weird, though. It's true. Well, people, I, yeah. Here, I, I found the so quote that she said. She so she she made a TikTok video back on like October fifteenth. Said, um, and this is about her husband. He is being accused of some horrible, horrible shit that is not true. I was there. My kids were there. Everyone was there. You guys have no idea about the details. She said, "The most he has the most patience I've ever seen. It makes me really sad for David because David is like he's just taking all of the punches, rolling with it, not saying shit. I don't blame him. I feel really bad for him because my kids adore that man. My kids love that man so much. So who knows? Who you know? It's hard to hard to pick a side in this when you have a kid claiming child abuse. It's hard not to believe what this child is saying. You know, it's it's a." It's a very difficult situation. It's yeah. a very difficult situation. And I don't know how to handle it. I'm not, I wouldn't know what to do. Someone else. Um, someone else do it. That's why we got, that's why we got the law. We'll let the law deal with this one. Yeah, exactly. Number eight. Number eight, Kim and Croy continuing in the news because God forbid we go a week without talking about them. Uh, but the judge splitting up the house to basically keep the peace between them. She's getting the bedroom. He's getting the bed. I'm sorry. She's getting the basement. He's getting the bedroom. Uh, this is a way for the judge to say, look, you guys can have your own living arrangements. Uh, but according to the documents, neither party shall enter the other party's individual awarded space in the marital residence without permission. Uh, they can obviously share common areas like the kitchen, the living room, but this is in order for them to kind of protect the kid, the, the couple's four kids. So they're ordered to act civilly towards one another. Um, they can't talk like crap on each other in front of the kids or if a kid is in with it within earshot and that uh, neither parent can eavesdrop 
or is that how you said eavesdrop eavesdrop while the other has time with the kids so and the kids can't be used as messengers from one parent to the other so it sounds pretty crazy but there's been so many cops called out to the residents over the last few months and that uh this is the only way the judge feels like they're going to be able to kind of keep going until this house is sold they did end up listing the house for sale for like six million bucks um and then that money is supposed to go obviously towards they're mounting mounting debt because they are far underwater with the amount of money that they owe the government for past taxes and uh, all, all kinds of stuff which is kind of funny because another story came out this week that says she paid thirty thousand dollars for a full vaginal like rejuvenation um <laughs> Which is kind of funny, but um, basically they're saying that uh, I, I guess the doctor kind of went on record, not with all the details, but uh, that she went and it's like a super expensive laser treatment that uh, you get done to make a hoo ha looking all hee hee again. I don't, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what how else to say it but uh i guess this doctor is at uh, some surgical institute and med spa and um said that you know she paid in full and this this normally ranges from like 25 to 30 thousand dollars to have done which i've got to say if you're in debt probably not to be good to be sending your money on your your down south in the other regions rather than paying the government yeah so where do you stand on all this Kim and Corey drama? Like, where where are you over it? Or are you still with it? Like, where what are your thoughts on everything going on here? I mean, I'm super over it, but the world is not over it. So I can't be over it for the benefit of our listeners. Um, it's just, it's so dragged out. You know, I really, at the beginning, wanted this to just be some big publicity stunt. I can't imagine that this is still a publicity stunt after all of this, right? I mean... Or this is the best kept publicity stunt of all time, but they really seem like they're starting to hate each other. Yeah, it's I mean, wild. It's, do you think also? And again, this is me being putting the tinfoil hat on a little bit when it comes to entertainment news. Do you think there's a lot of people who are getting red flags about their situation and their story, and they said we need to kind of extend it? It can't happen too quick. We just need to keep it going long enough so people say, "Gosh, like these, what is going on?" Like. They're still going at it. So I listen, I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> I, and I, I want to keep my tinfoil hat on just because I, I love taking this position. Um, it's, but it does seem really hostile. I, yeah. I, 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 I feel like I've actually got to the point where I just don't know anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I can't get into it. I'm just over them. I just, it, when it comes to these type of people, these type of celebrities who make their income on their life, I just, I'm starting to trust them less and less. Yep. So I don't know what's real and what's not. And for me, I want to believe, I want to believe it's real. Like what the, the relationship was real, but I don't want to be the pawn. I don't want them to play with me or play yeah. with my, my friend. So yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I, I can't get excited by them. Number seven. I this one actually makes me want to blow my brains out even more. Emily Ratajkowski passionately kissing actor Stefan Stefan Back is that, I don't know if I'm saying his Steve, name right Stephen, during Steph, yes Stephen Stefan Back yeah. during a romantic Paris break, not because of him by any means, but because 
every time Emily Rajatikowski dates someone, there is always cameras following every single thing she does, which there is no way in hell cameras follow her for every date night she has. Like, this is further confirmation. I believe she sets up all of these photo shoots to make sure that she stays in the headlines because who the hell cares about who she's dating? Listen, you're saying I I don't get the phone calls personally, but I know she's calling people. You know, like, I can. really? And, and the whole headlines are like, uh, she returns to a busy dating scene after the Harry Styles tryst. There was one photo of her out with Harry Styles. One kiss yeah. moment that clearly was set up and, you know, to get that moment. And I'm sure Harry was like, oh, so hell quick. no. Well, because he probably saw the photos and was like, oh, hell no. So someone in his team probably said, look, I'm assuming she called. And now this is everywhere. This should have been private. It was not private. Like, you need to end this crap now. Even so, I mean, it's just crazy. Harry Styles is one of the biggest celebrities in the world, kissing one of the biggest models in the world. A fucking, they're making out. And that whole discussion went by so quick. It was like, what? Because it ended. It was done. Yeah, but still, you would think people would still be talking about what happened that night. What did they do? How did they meet? How did they connect? How did it end? And more importantly, I think people need to talk about the kiss photo between her and the new guy. Oh, it's tough. It's a rough one, right? Yeah, it's like a first makeout. It's but this looks like she's gonna about swallow his whole face. Yeah. Like it it looks it looks weird. <laughs> it looks weird. It looks weird, but listen, I've never seen someone caught making out with someone so many times. Never. We if if there was a thousand photos of her a day where every time she left her house, they got photos of her walking down the street, I wouldn't find this so weird. But the fact that we only see her when she's out on a date makes me think that it is planned out. She does get photographed a lot walking her dog because in New York City, you have a dog and you don't have a backyard, so you have to walk your dog. But somehow... She, she always gets photographed making out with someone. That night with Harry Styles, we didn't see the date. We just saw the makeout. That was it. Mm-hmm. And again, I I use makeout very loosely on this. I look at face eating. That's what I would yeah. call this this session. It's a face eating session. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving along because this voice is going of mine. I apologize, guys. This voice it is... Tough man. Number six. Uh, Mama Bear, Paris Hilton, pissed off at social media. <laughs> um, she posted an adorable photo of her little eight month old baby son, Phoenix Baron, and people started dragging the kid. Can you, I like, I couldn't believe it. Start talking about how big his head was and how he looked strange and. I think it literally broke her heart. She's, you know, she replied, my angel is perfectly healthy. He just has a large brain. Um, And then she put up a story and she said, you know, look, living in the spotlight comments are inevitable, but targeting, targeting my child or anyone else for that matter is unacceptable. This hurts my heart more deeply than words can describe. I've worked hard to cultivate an environment that is all about love, respect, and acceptance. And I expect the same in return. 
If I don't post my baby, people assume I'm not a great mother. And if I do post them, there are some people out there who are cruel and hateful. And I'm proud of work. I'm a proud working mom, and my baby is perfectly healthy, adorable, and angelic. Um, and then she says, I've dreamt of being a mom for as long as I can remember. Every day with him, I remember with him is a reminder of what truly matters. It's hard to fathom that there are people in the world who target such innocence. I hope that people can treat one another with more kindness and empathy. I feel that so much, like, like so sad because as a parent, your children are your life. And there's nothing more hurtful than like dragging your child who has, who's done nothing wrong. You know what I'm saying? And the kid is so damn cute and people are just assholes. That's all it comes down to. It's tough. So, I mean, look at, but I think it was a good perspective. Like what you said in that quote in her, what she said, I'm not a good parent if I don't post, Mm -hmm. but if when I post, then I get you know, crap from people and people just want to be nasty. I mean, what do you, I don't know if there's I, a right I think or wrong she will, she, do. she will hold back from posting now. She's not going to want to put her child out there like that. I think that she will find more creative ways to post them. Unfortunately, you'll probably stop seeing the kids' face as much. You're going to see the backside of them, you know, walking or you're going to see you're not going to be able to see the kid's face because she's going to go, nope, this is too dear to me. This is this child is too important to me that I don't need you to tear down what's amazing in my life. Yeah. I felt bad. Really sad situation. Paris, she's awesome. Paris. Is I love great. Paris. Paris is yeah. so cool. And it's she, she's been around for so long. And it, it, she's one of the good ones. You know, I have mm-hmm. to say, like, not that I wouldn't want any parent to go through this. But when it comes to Paris, who is a mom at a little bit of an older age, I mean, mm-hmm. for the average age of becoming a mom and she, it's her first child, it's like to see her happy in a good place and her to see this stuff going on, and it sucks. It, bottom line, it just sucks. So I, but I, I think it's really cool she addressed it. And yeah, move along. Number five. Number five, back to John Stamos. We talked about him a little last week um, about this new book that he has coming out, this new memoir. Um, but he opened up, he had an actual a big interview with Howard Stern this week uh, where he opened up about his marriage to Rebecca Romaine and how, I guess, again, how his career was starting to slump while hers was really taking off and how... I guess he he got kind of like stopped prioritizing his career while hers was skyrocketing. And I guess that really like emasculated him in their marriage. Um, He basically said that I loved her and I thought she was super talented. I was so happy to, to do that. Uh, But he forgot about his own stuff and she was taking off and I just wasn't paying attention to mine and it wasn't her fault, but apparently that trajectory swing really was a big blow to his ego that he almost couldn't regain from. And unfortunately, I think he blamed her when not her fault. And I think he wishes he would have done more to have like put some more effort into the relationship. He said, you know, I was given that marriage like a 50, 60% of effort thinking, well, 50% is better than, you know, better than 99% of the people out there. So I don't have to give it all. Well, I think he really looks back with regret at this point saying, damn, like I gave up something that was really good back then just because of my ego. Um, but that de- definitely does not blame her at all. And I think he blames himself uh, for 
for that marriage shattering, unfortunately. Um, well, he, he, yeah, I think he takes more credit into the down. I listened to the interview, great interview with John Stamos. Think about John Stamos. It felt like old Hollywood talking. He was very honest mm -hmm. with all these celebrities coming out with books like Britney, which we're getting to. I feel like John might have wrote his own book or had more say and actually did type out some words just because oh, I, I don't think he typed out a single word, but we'll go with it, bud. Okay. I just think he was more connected to the book, but um, maybe you could be right. Um, but he said that like, he doesn't have a relationship with Rebecca Romaine. Mm -hmm. And when her, I think he tried to send in the interview, he tried to send her some stuff and they have the same business manager. And this was a while back. The business manager said like, she didn't want nothing to do with you. But then I think when in a, I could be wrong. Her mom passed away. John found some photos of her mom and asked the business manager and said, Hey, I can you ask Rebecca? I have these photos. I love to send to her. It can't, you know, try it again. And she left him a note saying, I really appreciate this. Thank you. So they don't have a relationship and they don't, but I think it's, there's still some resentment, I think on her side. I think he's like kind of, taken well, I think ownership of his part, but she still has some anger towards She him. probably is hurt. She probably is really hurt. Um, especially if it wasn't her fault and he blamed his, his issues on, you know, not feeling manly enough because his career was failing. Um, I think that's probably a good thing for her to read. That's fine. I'm sure she's reading these stories or she's getting the book or whatever, but I got to imagine that's probably some good closure for her to hear his side of the story and how he looks back and regrets kind of how it all went down. There was another thing that he addressed, um, Terry Copley, um, who was his girlfriend a long time ago, uh, had basically claimed that she didn't cheat on him with Tony Danza. And John Stamos was like, yeah, that's not how I remember it. He actually says that he recalls when he was dating the model, she was a model actress back in the 80s, 80s, that they were together, they were in love, and that he claims that he discovered her sleeping naked in bed with Tony Danza one day, like literally walked in, saw four pairs of legs hanging out from the sheets and realized it, it was Tony Danza in the, in the bed with his girlfriend. And he said, you know, I was pissed. I wanted to beat him up. But I also knew Tony Danza was a professional boxer at the time. And so I walked out because <laughs> I he probably would have sent me to the hospital. But what's kind of funny, he goes, you know, I, I was so mad at Tony Danza and I, I resented him so much that, um, you know, but he goes, I probably would not have had the career I had without him because apparently Tony's show ended up being the show that led into Full House. And the only reason Full House got renewed after season one was because of Tony's show. Um, and, and I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. And by the way, it's who, Who's the Boss was the show. Who's the Boss was there. Full House then got greenlit because of the, the amount of audiences stayed after from Tony's show. So he then, you know, later had an appreciation from Tony, even though he feels like he ruined his relationship. Yeah, I mean, listen, he was honest about what happened. Um, back to Rebecca R Romaine real quick. Mm -hmm. Rebecca Romaine has children now with Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. The kids are young, but when the kids are like 20 years old, what if they're at a bar or a restaurant and they see John Stamos? You know, mm -hmm. do you, if I, I, I'm trying to like see what I would do. If, do you put yourself in their situation? What, what do they care? College? 
I mean, what would they care? But would you go up to them and say, hey, John, you were married to my mom. I just want to say hi. Nice to meet you. You know, but I don't know. It just makes me. I I think it'd be awkward. Like I'm putting myself in the kid's position. I feel like it'd be awkward. Like, are you really going to go up and talk to like your your mom's ex? Yeah, probably not. But it'd just be weird. It was (laughs) ex-husband. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So anyway, um, anyway, that was my thought. Any other thoughts about this book or any other comments about this interview? Uh, no, I, I think that it's funny because I'm not really normally into memoirs. I do feel like John Stamos and Britney's I'm truly interested. And I swear to God, if I had time to sit down and read, I totally would. I barely have time in my day to do anything. Even listen to the books would be hard for me right now. Um, but I have, I, I think I have a drive to Vegas coming up. I think I'm going to go out for BravoCon. So I might have to listen to Britney's on the way there. I'm going to listen to Britney's before I'm going to listen to John's. Yeah. Interesting. You're going to, so you're not going to read, you're going to listen to Britney's. Hell yeah. I, I am. I, again, I have more time to listen to something while doing other activities than I do to sit down and actually just devote towards reading. Makes sense. Number four. Uh, number four, Taylor Swift. My God, this girl is just continuously the queen of the world. Um, I don't know if you've seen some of the numbers coming in for her movie, um, but it is essentially changing the way that concert films uh, are going to be presented um, from here forward. You know, they're, it raked in uh, over $160 million globally. And this number is a couple days old at this point. Um, but basically the way they did it, there was no sit down interviews. There was no backstage performance footage. None of that. It is legitimately a concert from start to finish. And it is being like, embraced so well in the box office and the experience of going to a movie theater and they encourage you to stand up and dance and sing and actually like you're at the concert um because it's done so well now they're like this is what we need to do moving moving forward film concerts put them out inside movie theaters it gives it gives the viewers who don't have the money to spend $500 to go see Taylor in concert, but they can go spend, you know, $15 to see her and have this experience. And, you know, this was not like a little thing. They had like 40 camera people. They had all these production, you know, design elements and all this kind of stuff to really make it a a good movie and a good experience for the audience that and the amount of money that not only it's made for Taylor but made for the movie theaters like everyone's really happy and it it, it took Taylor to figure it out because she just everything she touches turns to gold um that they're just like this is what we need to be doing moving forward i mean we saw Billie Eilish had um you know a, a movie that she put on Netflix recently but it had a lot of behind the scenes stuff and they're saying nope we're going to stick to simply concert footage Take the the Taylor Swift model, rinse and repeat. Um, anyway, I, that was the first part. But obviously, I think the other big thing is once again she goes to another Chiefs game. Her and, and her boyfriend are all over the place. Uh, Travis Kelsey. Uh, she showed up, and it seems like 
the funny part is everyone talks about how he wins. Do you remember when Kim would go to like basketball games and they would say that her boyfriend at the time, and I don't remember who she was dating at the time, or even Chloe or Courtney, whoever, whenever they, a Kardashian would be like at a baseball game, whether it was Reggie Bush or whoever, it'd be like, oh, they, they play worse. It's the opposite with Taylor Swift. Every game she goes to, Travis plays better. And so the Chiefs are like welcoming her. Please come because we keep winning every game that you're at. Travis plays better. The The excitement is higher. They want her to be a part of it. What are yeah, your thoughts? Yeah, they want her to be a part of it, but they said that handshake has got to go. Oh, God. She's photographed with Brittany Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback's wife. And they did, after a good play, they started doing this, this handshake. <laughs> man dude it was so cringe it like was i was cringe. like i was emba- like everything she does is so cringe to me it's just like emba- i'm like oh my god <laughs> wait uh taylor's or well, Taylor's uh, the, the, the yeah but which part was together. cringe i mean the whole thing was bad like guys you have your own handshake now like <laughs> taylor to me reminds me of like a female michael jackson when i say that they both are act like they're nine years old it's like stop like what are you doing just be cool <laughs> be cool be cool, be cool. Uh, i think they could have pulled it off i think it was like super awkward though it was like the play happened and then they were like oh we need to do our handshake now that we practiced for three seconds in the back and they just fumbled around it was super awkward um but you know what i feel with taylor the one thing that if she if she keeps going to the games she could end up making that handshake cool. She's like, look, Brittany, we look like idiots. Let's redo this. Let's make it look cooler. We can have a cool handshake, and then it'll be the new cool thing. Uh, listen, I want to start driving around. They're walking around the streets. and like, oh, my God, they're doing the Taylor Swift handshake. Like, come on. <laughs> so corny. So, oh, corny. so corny. Number three. Number three, let's get into Britney Spears and her book and some of the shocking revelations that she has made in her book. Obviously, we've talked a little bit about Justin Timberlake and the uh, the abortion she claims that uh, they had because he did not he was not ready to be a parent. Uh, talked about the cheating on him after he was allegedly unfaithful himself with Wade Robson. Uh, talked about you know just. A lot of issues, but one thing she got into was uh, the performance, the 2000, I believe it was seven VMA performance. Do you remember that? The one where yeah. she's, she got up on stage and it was like super cringy and super awkward. And everyone like just gave her a really hard time because she, she didn't look good. Well, she said that she had a run in with Justin. She didn't know he was like there, ran into him. She felt super self-conscious about her body, about she didn't have time to rehearse for this. And so she basically had a breakdown backstage before even going out there and then had to go perform completely not ready. And Justin was basically on top of the world at that point. And I think it was a, a big mental like fuck in her mind of like, how is he so beloved and I'm just struggling. I know that she had a really hard time. Also, she admitted with Justin and Christina's big tour. And what was it? The stripped and justified tour or whatever it was mm-hmm. said that it felt like a big F you to her as well. Like they were on the cover of Rolling Stone and 
he was giving her like these like super sexy eyes and she just felt like they were doing this to rub it in her face you know and she just felt like just like a piece of trash uh, but it, it's like numerous things she talked about the diane sawyer interview and how she was like why am i getting hit up with harsh question after harsh question why did this woman want to see me cry why was she relentlessly going after me she also slammed ryan seacrest for a 2007 appearance on his radio show what was meant to be about her like blackout album but instead he was asking her numerous questions about her two kids uh i mean it was just like one thing after another she she is she's talking about all of it and i think that's why i'm finding it so fascinating because there's so much about britney that we've covered over the years but now we're getting to hear it from her perspective she talked about colin farrell and this like you know this sex filled yeah. yeah this rough sex they had for like two weeks straight i mean it, it does seem like a very honest book and that's kind of why i want to hear it yeah but yeah, yeah, I, I start to question, is it from her or is it from her team saying, hey, this is a good angle? Well, this is so, because how much money is she going to make on this book? She's going to make a bunch. She's making like 25 percent of sales on this book. Cade, her manager, was the one that really like talked her into doing the book and walked her through the whole process. And I think that she even shouts him out in there. But apparently it was like his mastermind and it's doing really really well and i guess even her music sales have been on the up and up since the everyone's talking about her right now and the book is getting so much publicity i don't know do i listen i know that you're like on this she didn't write her own book no one writes their own book i think that they sit down they debrief someone questions them about their life gets into their details basically interviews them gets all these good stories out of them and then turns it into a book i don't expect britney to be right britney basically didn't sing half of her songs either you know what i'm saying like she was lip syncing but she was such a good performer that in my mind i'm like if she's putting on a good show yeah so what if she lip sank it out there she was quite the performer that entertained so again She's entertaining people, but in a different version. She is explaining her stories. Someone else is writing it down, but it's it's fascinating. Good way of putting it. I'm still not going to read it, but <laughs> I enjoy hearing the stories. I mean, I Dax, there, so many people. These there's so many books out right now, but I do. You feel like part of you has already read the book based on uh, how many stories get coming out. I, I do feel like that. Like it, it's doing a disservice to Brittany, honestly to have so many stories come out because people won't read it because they feel like they're already getting all the juicy yeah. details. So why go read a book when you've read about it on every outlet out there, or even you've listened to it on Hollywood raw podcast. So why do you need to go read about it now? But I think you're still going to get nuggets or, you know, hear it straight from her and her voice where, you know, you, you can't get that from us. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's just less is more. You don't need to reveal parts I feel like if Brittany was putting out a book, just put out the book. People will read it and be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Let's get the reaction start to go but, rather but than that does, putting out the story. Does, the problem is you've got all the news outlets that are reading through it or, no, or listening they to it, and they're going to put out a story anyway. Yeah, but I think they leaked it out beforehand. I think it's, this is their way of promoting the book. But I, I think, think it would have been cool to promote the book and just like, hey, we dropped the book. Don't put out any pre-sales to – you know, um, publishers or to journalists, so, just 
Yes, yeah. they leaked out certain aspects, whether that was the Justin Timberlake abortion story or whatever. I think that was supposed to get people's attention. The rest of these things have come out since the book has been released. So that means someone sat down, listened to the book or read the book, and now they're writing stories on aspects of the book. So that's what's going to take away the, the sales for her. Yeah, still going to do well. Uh, let me know what you think of it. Number two. Number two, Maurizio and Kyle Richards got everyone talking right now, mostly because Maurizio and his Dancing with the Stars partner, Emma Slater, were seen out this week leaving dinner in Beverly Hills holding hands. And so the world was like, what? And uh, said, you know, are these two a couple? Again, it's Dancing with the Stars. So anytime anyone is dancing together on this show. Everyone assumes they're a couple. Everyone assumes they're banging behind the scenes. Um, and, <laughs> and so this one is no difference. Um, however, Adam, you had a little run in with Kyle Richards. Would you like to, to tell us about it? Yeah, a buddy of mine hits me up and says, hey, you know, you have no idea who I'm sitting next to. Um, I'm sitting next to um, Kyle Richards. And she just did watch what happens last night. So that's why my voice sounds like this. I was out late. Got Kyle leaving uh, dinner at um, Cipriani in Broadway. She was with Teddy Mellencamp, who's come on the podcast. It's funny. Teddy sees me out there. I'm like, uh, hi. And she's like, hi. Like, what are you doing here? And she was walking in front of Kyle. Then I got Kyle. And here's the audio and video. Everyone's going crazy today. Great job tonight. How does it feel to get everything off your chest? Um, not good. Either yeah. way. <laughs> but are, are you doing overall? Are you doing okay? Or? I'm doing okay, thank you. Yeah. Everyone, I was at the moment with the PK split. It was like everyone's like talking about, what do I, you know? About? I did not know about that. I did not know did about the, that. Did the photo of the handhold, was that the first time you knew about the relationship? I'm sorry, good night. Good night. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, you know, it was after she did Watch What Happens. By the way, Kyle was beautiful. Kyle's yeah, in person. Pretty. Yeah, so pretty in person. Gorgeous. So pretty. Um, but I wanted to know if that handhold, if that's how she learned about the relationship. But they released. So, are, Dax, fill me in. I don't know what the latest is. Are they in a relationship or what's no. the deal with Mauricio? Uh, according to Mauricio and, and Emma, they are not in a relationship. They released this video. It's like a selfie video of them talking about it. They said, look. Here's the deal. We went out to dinner. Um, we had just got done rehearsing. We went to dinner. We were chatting. Um, we had this like super like good chat and we were walking back to the car and I grabbed her hand for, you know, a second to walk back to the car. And he goes, that was it. We were not dating. She also followed that up saying, nope, we're not together. Um, but it was just, they're really good friends right now. They're focused on winning, blah, blah, blah. But according to them, they are not a couple. Okay. But so, she still deleted that post supporting him. She didn't know. Yeah. She did not know. So she did a great interview and watch what happens. Andy asked a lot of questions. Um, she answered all of them for the most part. Um, she had a brave face on. I mean, she knew what she was getting into going on watch what happens. Mm-hmm. But Kyle, Kyle's cool. Kyle, I think, is just cool. I think I think that's why people like her on the show, though. Because she comes across as, you know, pretty real, I think. Yeah. She um, said she's not in a relationship with that girl. Not in a relationship. They're just best I, friends. Yep. 
and then with Morgan. Um, and then, you know, it, it does seem like with what is it season? This is her 13th season. Yeah. That, um, they they do chronicle a lot of the marriage issues throughout the season, um, but I believe the official split was after they finished filming the season. So you don't think you are going to see the split, but I think you will see the strifes, the struggles that her and Rizio have throughout the the season. And I think a lot of people will be tuning in to watch that because um, people like when marriages have trouble because I think it feels like normal or something they can relate to. Because you know what? You can't relate to a $5 million house, but you can relate to struggles with your partner. Correct. Number one story of the week, Dex. Number one story of the week, Dave Chappelle pissing off a whole lot of people. Uh, so he had his um, one of his stand-up shows at Boston's TD Garden and apparently went after Israel. So started criticizing Israel's bombing of Gaza and U.S. support of the effort. So apparently he was there. You know, and he's not someone, you know, he's always kind of pissed people off. He's had remarks about women, remarks about transgender uh, people. He's had remarks about all kinds of, like, he just doesn't care. And so this is one more example of that. But apparently he was in a show, started condemning the, obviously, the Hamas attack of the 1,000 Israelis who died, but then went on to accusing Israel of killing innocent civilians and committing war crimes. And that he said that the U.S. was guilty of aiding the slaughter of innocent civilians. And that he was getting a people applauding, calling out for free Palestine, while other people in the audience decided to get up and walk out. He just, and one of the audience members, I guess, spoke to Daily Mail and said, the audience was cheering Chappelle on during the tirade. I was sick. We were there. I turned to my friends and my wife and I said, I think it's time to go while they left with uh, other Jews leaving the show at the same time. Um, You know what's weird, Adam? Yeah. It's weird how right now in society it's like it's okay to be against jews that's what's weird that's what i'm struggling with as a as a society you can you can dislike what a government is doing towards and i use another government loosely because hamas I, i can't really call a government a terrorist organization you can dislike what israel is doing But to take it out on the Jews of America, Jews around the world, and it be okay, like it's accepted, that is the part that I am struggling with right now. Why Jews are being locked into libraries or in schools, why ripping down posters of Jewish babies that are still missing in Gaza is okay. It's, It's like, I feel like we're living in a twilight zone here, like... People are calling for peace, but at the same time be like, I want peace for Gaza, but fuck the Jews. Like, that's the part that I am struggling with. Yeah. Let me ask you, Dax, if you went to that show, I guess this, from what, we, there's no video of it because Chappelle did, does not allow uh, any video or you can't have your cell mm-hmm. phones out during a show. So this is going um, from people who are there, just like we're taking people's word for it. I think it's just a tough part. Like, I don't know. As a comic, I'm trying to it's, be like give the, it's tough the benefit because, of the doubt. However, this didn't seem like there was like a funny angle to it, where it was more just I'm going to put my opinion out there. 
and I didn't so ask for that. I here's just the thing, to- though. I encourage people to use their platforms. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you believe in something so strongly, I encourage you to use the platform for what you think is right. Am I going to tell? I may not agree with him. If that is what he truly believes, he could use his platform. Um, where my problem comes in is when you start invoking violence against people. Free speech is one thing, right? By all means, if you feel it necessary to have a rally for free Palestine, have your rally. Where I think the line keeps getting missed is these rallies are turning violent and I'm seeing them beat up Jews in the street. I'm seeing them lock Jews in libraries. I'm seeing Jewish people being killed around the world. That's why I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You can have free speech, but you can't mix free speech with hate speech. Do you understand? Like that's yeah. where I think the, the boundaries are being crossed, but the boundaries are being crossed and they're being okayed. And that's where I'm like, what the hell? Like, how are people not stepping in and saying, you're going over the line, you're, you're pushing this too far. You can't use your free speech and cover up your anti-Semitic statements by just saying it's free speech. No, it's not fucking free speech. That is hate speech that you are using and trying to cover it up. So I, I encourage people, you want to use free speech, do it, but do it in a productive, healthy way that other people aren't getting hurt. Because at this point, me being Jewish, it feels very unsafe being in America right now. And that's what's really sad. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. It's um, it's a difficult situation. I don't know what I would have done um, um, if I was there, but... It's um well I, I these people I felt would, unsafe. I, don't know. I, would start, I, I would feel unsafe if you if you're inciting a crowd to start chanting, you know, and, and I'm I'm gonna be honest with people, the deep seated like free Palestine, if you are in the Middle East, that literally means eradicate the Jews. That doesn't mean we want to be out of Gaza, it means from sea to sea or river to sea or whatever the heck they chant. That means we want to wipe out the Jews and get rid of the Israeli state. So I just, I need people to understand what it means. But if you're in that auditorium and they start chanting that, I wouldn't feel safe. Would you feel safe? No. So you would want to get out of there. I mean, I, that that's what it comes down to. You, you don't want to be in a place where people are chanting and you don't, you no longer feel safe. Yeah. You, uh, oh. yeah, well. Uh, again, I'm a huge fan of Chappelle, and this was just sort of like a. Uh, I, I, I expected it hurts, you know, when it's a guy who you're a huge fan of. This is what happens, like, ah, uh, man. But um, guys, that's our top ten stories of the week. They're all rundown. Hopefully, by next week, my voice will be back. By next week, Dax. I don't know. We gotta figure out what we're gonna do with BravoCon. How we're gonna record? Sheesh. Um, <laughs> no. uh, well, um, follow us uh, on our private Facebook group, TikTok, Instagram, around it all. Find me at, at Adam Glenn. Find Dax Holt at Dax Holt. My voice sucks. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Bye. A Huda Media Production.